welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. We returned for season six to answer the biggest question for a career military families. So when are we going to get out? And everything involved with answering this question. I'm Jen Amos, creator and co-host of Holding Down the Fort and a Gold Star family member and veteran spouse. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop, co-host and chief shower-upper here on Holding Down the Fort. Together, we will converse with special guests from and for our military community to share knowledge and resources and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort while on active duty, going through transition, and into post-military life. Now, let's get into the show. Our definition of success is redefined by our family, not by what is expected of the norm. A quote by Genevieve and Chris Kruger. It's an overwhelming and exciting time for Genevieve and Chris Kruger as they are months away from retirement. As a retiring career military family, they share how they strategically planned for their transition years in advance. Their definition of success how they sustained their marriage with faith and counseling, a glimpse into their plans for post-military life, and much more. Genevieve and Chris, it was an absolute pleasure having you both represent military couples on our show. And it was truly an honor to be able to capture this moment in time right before you both transition into post-military life. I wish the best for you and your family. And I look forward to our listeners hearing our conversation with you today. Right before we get into Genevieve and Chris's conversation today, I want to go ahead and thank our sponsor, U.S. Vet Wealth. For our service members at the rank of E7, E8, E9, O5, and O6, it's a fact that you've invested decades to earn your military pension. At U.S. Vet Wealth, we ensure that you don't wait another 20 years for your second retirement. We do this by showing you how to privatize your military retirement pay. Keyword, privatize. However you want the next chapter of your life to look like, whether it's getting that supplementary paycheck because you want to work, not because you have to work, starting a business, or, you know what, taking a break before figuring out your next career or adventure. Privatizing your military pension will give you the ability to decide what autonomy and impact and work-life balance looks like for you in post-military life. Download U.S. Vet Wealth's free white paper titled Navigate Your Retirement Pay and Survivor Benefit Plan Alternatives to learn how to privatize your military pension. Once again, our white papers are available for the following ranks, E7 and up, and are available to download for free, no email opt-in necessary, at usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Without further ado, please enjoy today's conversation with Genevieve and Chris Kruger. Welcome back to another episode here at the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my amazing co-host with me, Jenny Lynn. Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, glad to be here today. Yes. And I have to say, I like your audio. Oh, I know. It's much bigger on the screen this time. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually watching it scroll by, which is 
fun. Yeah. We had a lot of audio issues last week where no one could hear me. So in my little line stayed very small. Yeah, so you're you're overcompensating today by yes. if it, like our listeners can't see this, but the wavelengths in her audio is just like <laughs> expanded. It's amazing. Like I feel like I have to like force my voice into the mic just to kind of be up to par with you. But anyway, we'll see how that goes. Good thing is that we have an editor. Thank you, Dennis for being able to normalize our audio levels so that one of us doesn't always sound like louder or quieter than the other. Yeah. Does he ever slow you down, though, so that we're talking at the same rate of speed? I do not know. (laughs) I do not know. I can ask him. I'd be like, Dennis, are you doing me that favor and slowing me down? Because I can go a thousand miles per hour. Fun fact for our listeners, you're not listening to us on 1.5 or 2. It's just Jen's normal rate of speed. <laughs> I just I just feel like there's so much I want to share. and But it's great because the good thing about being a host is I don't have to talk all the time. So, you know, I feel like maybe the reason why I'm talking so much is because I'm trying to like fit in everything before I have the guest <laughs> talk. But all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and stop myself now because Jenny Lynn and I are really excited to bring our second couple ever, aside from you and Matthew, Jenny Lynn, onto Holding Down the Fort to share their story. They're actually about five months away from their transition to post-military life. Crazy time. I can't even believe they have time to be here today to tell us about their journey. I just feel like this is way too crazy of a time, but I do appreciate them taking the time to be here. So without further ado, we have Genevieve and Chris Kruger on our call today. So Genevieve and Chris, welcome. Hi. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes. And I'll tell our listeners a little bit about both of you today. So you two have been together for almost 18 years, which is amazing. Married 16 years this July. How exciting. I'm sure you'll have a fun anniversary <laughs> celebration coming up. You're like, for anniversary, <laughs> let's just pack the house. Like, that's great. But what I extremely admire about your relationship is that, you know, as a couple, you've gone on six deployments together. You have two daughters together and one for a baby cat. I just got a cat, but that's a conversation for another time. And you've done four PCS moves as a family. In general, you both have been through a lot as a couple. And I want you guys to dive more into your background a little bit later. But my first question I want to ask for you both is, what are your initial thoughts? Like, just here you are five months out from transitioning. Genevieve, I want to start with you. In one word, overwhelmed. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going over everything that I've got going on right now. And I've just, I'm stirring a pot of just everything between trying to figure out new schools. We just finally got a house. So we at least have an address but I am overwhelmed. Wow. <laughs> Lots to do still. My list is endless. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, Chris, how about you? I think I was at that overwhelmed point a year ago, and then I really had to take a step back. So I was doing all the uh, Soldier for Life transition assistance program classes. Mm-hmm. And because I was doing it so far out, it was just kind of like, getting my hopes up and then kind of crashing them because I was still so far out. But, Story uh, of military life right there in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> I started so far out, but then it was like you can get so much knowledge or information and stuff, and then there's not a whole lot you can do with it at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I finally just had to take a step back and be like, okay, I'm going to take the stress off of me and just kind of focus on the next steps in front of me and things like that, which were still work at the time. And then... But as far as now goes, I'm ready. I finally printed out the last paperwork I need to final out already. And I still got 115 days to go till that final out day. So I'm like, I'm ready. And I have all the paperwork ready. I just got to clear and get out of here. So (laughs) 
that's what I'm focused on at the moment. And I'm ready for that step while we're, you know, covering all other stressors between now and moving to that next place. So. Yeah, you know, this year, our theme for holding out or this season, our theme for holding down the four is answering the question, when are we going to get out? And so I think that having you both on couldn't have come at a better time. Jenny Lynn, I know that you and Matthew are starting to ask each other that question. So what are your initial <laughs> thoughts? On the daily. <laughs> this tour is making us ask that on the daily. I mean, when we think about getting out, I think it's that. Interestingly enough, I was having a conversation earlier today with someone about like how oftentimes military members feel like, especially the ones that went straight from high school in their parents' house, like into the military, have this false assumption of like, oh my gosh, all the people I graduated with are so much farther down the road than me. Like they're in their real adult life and I've done this thing. I mean, for two decades plus, but like I'm just beginning and it's this very scary like headspace and also this like, oh my gosh, what have I done for 20 years? Like, how come I'm not as far as, you know, this person I graduated with? And I know that as Matthew has progressed in his career and we've, you know, continued to live this military life, we've had those conversations too of like, oh my gosh, if I had, you know, stayed in my hometown, I could be running one of his buddies like manages this like restaurant chain and he's like got this huge house and Matthew's like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm like, you have serve. Mm -hmm. And we have done a lot of things that we would not have done if this were not your career path. And so I think, you know, for us, it's really adjusting those expectations on like, I mean, he's 15 years in. So theoretically, we're looking at five-ish years left, depending when it's starting to have that dream of like, what do I want to do with my adult life? <laughs> And also like really tempering expectations of like, no, we have actually lived a 20 year adult life. Like we've done the thing and this gets to be like the second act. And so what do we want that to look like? Because it's much more in our hands versus, you know, orders and all of those things. Yeah, definitely. You know, Genevieve, I know in your former life, you were a high school English teacher. And actually, even before that, you didn't want to be a teacher. You actually wanted to pursue something different. And so here you are, you know, we're about five months away from you both transitioning. And I know that post-military life for you is a way to maybe one, reinvent yourself, but two, maybe rediscover those old passions. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. After being in the classroom for about five years, you know, because I did a stint of Sylvan Learning Center. You know, I, I really embraced the mommyhood life. So after Chris and I, and he switched careers from infantry to aviation, and we knew we were taking our first PCS from North Carolina to Alabama, we both had agreed. We had talked about it before that I'd stay home with the kiddos. And so that was a big transition, you know, coming from being a career woman to full stay-at-home mom. So at the time that all this was happening, that big transition time frame. He was learning how to do a new job as a pilot. I'm learning how to be a mom. I'm learning how to stay at home. So there was a lot of that transition time that I had to get through. And then once I got to the groove of mommyhood, you know, realized in a blink of an eye, it was gone. So my, I mean, not gone, but you know, it's, it's passed by so fast that here we are, we have a 12 year old, almost 13 year old. Mm -hmm. And my next kiddo, she's, she's going to be 10 this summer that now I actually get to look at the other end of it and go, Ooh, what do I get to do? You know? So there's a lot of things that I hadn't had a chance to really touch before. Cause I was inundated with the kids being at home, preschool, just being mom and enjoying that time. But now on that back end, you know, Chris gets to get out and I get to look at the career side going, Ooh, what can I do? So there's a lot of opportunities that are out there for us military spouses that's great. But then 
it can also be overwhelming because then go, oh, you can do this or you can get into this. Mm -hmm. You can go back to school if you want to. You can, you know, dabble into that. So I'm getting to see that and get to discover that. But also I got to take it day by day because that was some of the conversation we were having today. As I said, I'm at a point where there's almost too much information at me. Yeah. And now Mm -hmm. I'm overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. What do I tackle first? What's priority? So I think right now I got to kind of look back as well with Chris and go, okay, let me move my house first. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Genevieve, thank you so much for sharing that. Chris, I am curious to know from your perspective, because, you know, very often we hear the spouse perspective on the show and how they had, you know, for lack of better explanation, willingly chose to, let's say, be a stay-at-home spouse or kind of put their career on the side, you know, so that your career can come first. And so what has that been like for you to have this discussion with Genevieve and to even just witness her choosing to be a stay-at-home mom for these last 13 years? Well, it was something we talked about beforehand together. And we had been, I think it was with maybe like a church group discussion first, where it was, you know, we had heard my wife works, but the only reason she works is to pay for the gas, the childcare, and all these things that they're working for to provide the fact that the kid's being taken care of by someone outside of the house. And then when they decided to be a stay-at-home mom and didn't travel, didn't have to do all those things, it didn't work, everything met up in the middle and was okay, and they still made it just fine. So we talked about those things pretty heavily beforehand, and we decided together you know, that that's the route we were going to take. And it wasn't easy by any means, but once we decided upon it, that's the route we were going to go, that it worked out in the long run. Through any difficulties, it really did. You know, we were really blessed that it worked out going that route and discussing it together and deciding, hey, this is what we're going to have to do. And these are, you know, there's certain sacrifices you're going to have to make on either end of that, really. Yeah. Side, you know, to, to work and do childcare and things, there's obviously sacrifices on one way or another that you're going to have to make. So, so yeah, it was something we discussed. We didn't just decide, hey, you know, or I didn't just decide, or she didn't just decide, I'm going to, or you're going to stay home and be with the kids. You know, it was something we came to together. Yeah, I can just feel the partnership that you two have amongst each other and that open conversation and dialogue. It seems, I mean, I'm sure there's more to it. I'm sure I'm just only looking at the tip of the iceberg here. But, you know, the fact that, you know, Genevieve, you sent me your your notes that, that you and Chris wanted to talk about before the show. I was like, wow, that is cool. <laughs> but I could really feel that united front that you two have that just like what you said, Chris, was probably the reason why you were able to go through whatever you went through, trials, tribulations, and everything. Jenny Lynn, I know that you and Matthew talk a lot about a lot of things, clearly, obviously, and being in the communication space, both of you. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on what Genevieve and Chris have shared. I mean, we have a very similar story. I was an elementary school teacher, and Matthew started workups for his first deployment. We had a one-year-old, and I was pregnant with our second And my work environment was not awesome. And it was like, you know, what are we working for? Are we working for childcare and and a little bit extra? And so I ended up resigning my position at the elementary school to be a stay-at-home mom. And that was definitely a conversation we had, you know, that we made together. And over the years it evolved, I found that while I have zero desire to go back in the classroom and teach, like (laughs) I did 
want something. And so there have been different points during this where I've worked part-time or I've done something for a short amount of time because I actually found the transition to full-time stay-at-home mom. I can say in hindsight, that was much more difficult for me than I thought it was going to be. And then I gave myself credit for in the time because I've always worked. My dad was an independent business owner. I've worked since I was 13. You know, and so that was really tough for me. And then I've learned, especially now being a fully remote worker for my current position, like I really love people (laughs) and being in the house with two very small people who don't talk to you and have conversation was much more difficult than I anticipated. So, you know, I've been really fortunate to have a partner that goes, hey, I think maybe you should look at doing something else, anything else, go out there and find some people, you know, and sometimes that look like volunteer positions and running like mops groups, or I've volunteered for every military organization under the sun, you know, and sometimes that was enough. And now, you know, I mean, I work full time, and I love it. And that has come with its own challenges being a military family. So well, if I can jump in real quick, too, I think it's um, definitions of success, you know, that the world defines success as a contribution and what mainly monetary value, right? So there's not a whole lot of feeling of success in this, you know, motherhood or parenting at home, whether it is, you know, the male or female portion of the spouse, you know, doing it. So, and that was something, you know, that we've had to reassure along the lines, like, hey, our success is going to be defined differently than other people's as of our kids' academic achievements and things like that. And we're not putting that as the uh, pedestal, you know, if our kids are the smartest kids in class or anything like that, but that they're, you know, well within their grades when they're in school and things like that, that everything's okay and all that. So I think, you know, it's just hard to see what the norm is and then break from that and do your own family dynamic. Then you have to redefine what is success for your family when you're not doing what's expected of the norm too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, and then you add in like that military culture life. And there is, I mean, still an expectation that like, that's what the spouse is going to do. And if you're not happy doing that, there's something wrong with you. And so there's a whole stigma there where like, it's hard to even redefine that success as your own family, because you're like, well, everybody says I should really love this, that I should be just fine moving every two years and, you know, being, being fortunate enough, if no one can see my air quotes, being yeah. fortunate enough <laughs> to stay home with my children every day. And I mean, it does, it takes a lot of communication. And I mean, I will once again, throw in a plug for couples counseling. Don't wait till you're in crisis. Like <laughs> go when you have to have these kind of conversations and help talk through it. Because I mean, that's what has really, you know, helped my own military marriage like at first survive and now thrive was having that, you know, learning how to communicate those things. Well, like, Hey, this is harder than I thought it would be. And I don't love it. Like I thought I would, or like everybody else thinks I, I should. So what are we, you know, where do we go as a family from here? Genevieve just wanted to see if you had anything you wanted to add. No, I mean, we could go hours on those topics <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, that, yeah. <laughs> covers that. Awesome. 
I mean, what a conversation. And I think part of why I'm trying to like not talk a thousand miles per hour is because like, again, it's very rare that we have a couple on our show. And so the next question I really want to get into is your own individual transition journeys. Because very often when we think about transition, we think about the service member. And a lot of times it's a service member having to relay information down to the spouse about what they went through in their classes, their transition classes and everything. But it's obviously so much more than that. And so Chris, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about your transition journey so far. And I know you both already hinted at, you know, having started this like five years ago, but now that you're five months away, how would you say your transition journey has been different from Genevieve? And then Genevieve, I'll ask you the same question next. Yeah. Um, I don't I wouldn't say that it's even just been different from Jenny's journey but just different from other service members journeys in general since we've also talked about and discussed about me not having to jump into work right away and to be able to take that time off you know with all those deployments and everything else with counseling and all those other things I think it's just a a good idea for me to be able to at least take all that terminal leave time I have and just be like, breathe, you know, just, okay. You know, and I'm, I'm already kind of starting that process now by trying to, you know, duck out whenever I can and just be around and all that and prepping myself for that next phase too. But you know, that we started so far in advance talking about it, getting ready mm-hmm. And just preparing ourselves financially, mentally and all that stuff. I think it's made it a lot easier you know, getting into it now rather than hurriedly running to the end of the race at the last minute and all that. So, Yeah, I am curious to know, and Genevieve, feel free to answer this. How did you two decide five years ago? How did you know it was time to start looking ahead? I think he was already looking at about 20, 22 years. He knew it was Mm. a little over 20, right? Yeah, I think I kind of initially was like, all right, we had kind of like a 20-year plan. Right. A 22, 23 year plan and then a potentially a 25 year plan. Mm, right. While I was deployed, long story, things happened. <laughs> and I called Jenny around March of 2020. So about this time, two years ago. And I just flat out said, summer of 2022, we're done. And she goes, okay, Love it. that's all I needed was a date. And then I dove into the whole story. It is, it is a rather lengthy story. But. So we had, you know, one of three plans was happening Mm. and it was the, you know, summer of 2022 was the one that was happening. Yeah. Wow. But I think at that point, I mean, we had kind of talked about, okay, well, let's start looking at finances. Let's look at what the future is going to bring. So I think that was where our planning really came in. Funny enough, you know, the friends that you have from prior infantry days and then just friends that you meet along the way, they're always useful and part of your life. And so it was great that. Tim was one of his old battle buddies from basic training, basic training yeah. wow. being a financial planner. And Chris was able to reach out to him and he's been helping us with finances yeah. for the last five years now. And oh, then we, that makes me so, so happy. Had, you know, just discussions of, okay, let's start budgeting. Basically, what do we need to pay off? What things do we need to kind of make sure that we have so that when that time frame does come, we're not scrambling and we're not going to be hurting when we don't have enough or what it will look like once you retire. So I think we were looking as far out as we can and planning that far out. And then going from five years to three years to two years to now to six months, I mean, we've been prepping for all of this stuff that now it's not as scary 
because we know, okay, we've got a plan A, we've got a plan all the way to Z if we need to, (laughs) of some things that could potentially happen and what we can do to make sure we're good. Yeah, luckily, plan like E is the one that's planning. Out, so. <laughs> we're used to that Z. as military, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we're yeah. rolling punches, but they're, they're, we didn't have to roll with too many of them so far, so it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm in admiration of all the plans that you had because one of them is bound to work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and more importantly, I also just want to commend you both for having a financial advisor and doing it together because what we often find at our company, so at US Vet Wealth, we work with career military families about on their financial services, but very often it's usually just like the service member or the veteran that comes and wants to make these financial decisions and then when we're ready to bring the spouse in, the spouse is often like, "Wait, what? What are you doing?" Like, "I don't want to do that." And so to see you both as a united front getting help together. And I know Jenny Lynn, like you, you and Matthew started to do this as well. I just want to applaud you both for doing that. And I hope that more couples can do that together because it is, I mean, the transition is a really hard time, but if you don't have that united front, it makes it that much harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we've and I <laughs> made some dumb financial decisions together. <laughs> I'll do. Like any financial mistake you can make, we've made it. And luckily Same. in the long run, they've kind of worked themselves out. You can <laughs> break an even type of policy on the whole thing. <laughs> there was somewhere in the middle of that, maybe, I don't know, about 10 years ago where I was just like, we will do, I don't care if it's buying a computer, we're doing it together, you know. <laughs> Unless I'm, you know, one of us is surprising the other one with something, you know, we're going to sit down and discuss, you know, buying this pen, obviously you can't see it, but, uh, (laughs) you know, if it's this pen right here, we're discussing it together and we're getting it. And, you know, that's what it is at this point, because there was too many times where, well, I didn't like this that you got. I didn't like that that you Mm. got and all that. Mm. So it's like, okay, let's not do that anymore. So so deciding to move to where we're going and everything, we're, we're all in it together. So not just one or the other. Jenny Lane, I know that you probably have some things you want to share hearing that you're in full agreement of this conversation so far. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I think you and Scott and I did a whole podcast on the multiple financial mistakes (laughs) Matthew and I have made together and separately all under the banner of military marriage. So not to revisit (laughs) that whole story. But, you know, yeah, I mean, Matthew and I did just start doing financial planning. And, you know, I think what I applaud, you know, Chris and Genevieve for like having the foresight to do it together and and to start, you know, well ahead of when you need it per se, you know, but to anybody who's listening, like just know that none of these conversations come without some sort of cost. Like I don't know everybody's makeup of how you do finances in your house, but for the Stroop family, I have always handled the day-to-day and Matthew has always handled the bigger stuff. Like he signs all the house paper. Well, he reads all the house paperwork and then we both sign it. But like, I just trust that he read it and I signed my name to it. (laughs) But I know every dollar spent on gas, every dollar spent on grocery, and he has no idea. And it's just how we've done things. And so when we made the decision to go with the financial planner, like, I cried. (laughs) I sat on our stairs and like looked at all this paperwork we had put together to take to the office and like boohooed. And Matthew was like, what is happening? And I was like, I've never had to turn this over. Like I have handled this Mm. for 15 years. I've done this. And to turn it over and think that somebody else and 
and I understand that the way that I did it was not without mistake and it was not perfect, but to like let go of the control of like all of our stuff <laughs> and ask for help was really overwhelming for me. And so, you know, to folks listening, I want you to know like those conversations can be hard and also very fruitful. Like yeah. we now do have a bunch, like we have a better plan and we did ask for help, but like it wasn't smooth. <laughs> there were a lot of tears. And I think that's okay. You know, whatever your setup is, like as long as you end up deciding to go it together and figure out what that looks like for you, just know that it's it may be a little messy, but it'll it'll all work out. Yeah. That's great. Wonderfully said. Like, I don't know what else to add other than <laughs> yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious because like a lot of the work that we do at our company, it's often I'm when I'm with Scott and we're talking to clients, sometimes the spouse is on the side of the camera, like they don't want to be in the camera. So they're just like kind of listening in. And I like how you said, Jenny Lynn, like it's going to be a hard conversation and that's okay. You're going to shed some tears. It's going to be hard, but you know, it's going to be harder later if you continue to put it off. And so again, I just had to take a moment to commend actually everyone here <laughs> for being financially savvy and taking that initiative early on. So moving on, um, I know that we talked a little heavily about that, but I also want to commend you both, Genevieve and Chris. You had mentioned that you were able to be debt-free. You got your savings in place. You got your investments in place. I'm kind of speechless because I feel like this is often something that we try to encourage people to do, but you two had already figured it out. So I don't know. I feel like tongue tied. Like, I don't even know what to say. Just, just, I commend you both. I just hands down, you know, I'm kind of like praising you both for, no, for just being able to do that. The decision hasn't, you're right. Like Jenny Lynn said, it hasn't really been easy. And when we were looking at this, even a year out, I knew that eventually I wanted to have something again for me. I've been doing yeah. like Jenny Lynn said, I did a lot of volunteer stuff in that time frame when the kiddos were young and I just really needed to get out there. I did a lot of volunteer things just to meet the community, be in the community and be busy. Cause there's a lot of times too, when I had littles and Chris was deployed that I was like, I'm going nuts. I need people. Yeah. So in that time frame, I did gain so much experience and wonderful skills that I was like, okay, it's time. So when we started looking at that transition and I told Chris, I'm like, I'd really like to go back to work. Thankfully, he wasn't pressuring me on that end. And at the same mm -hmm. token, I was able to go, okay, cool. We've planned up so much it is time for you to take a little breather because he just needed that after working so long, so many deployments, so many things. I didn't want him to be this big ball of stress jumping from uniform to just whatever the next thing yeah. is not be happy. Cause I just already saw it's been a hard transition for him already. Just trying to you know get out of being in that army mode. So if it could afford him that chance to do some detox time, maybe figure out, reinvent himself, figure out something else that he wants to do. That's not what he's been doing these last 13 years or so in an army. And then let me do something. That was kind of our discussion too, where I said, thankfully, he's not pressuring me like you got to go to work. So I don't have to, Yeah, but it was enough that we can go cool. Let me find something because I want to work now, but there's no pressure on me to go. You got to get something right away. Meanwhile, I know him. He's only going to sit for maybe three, four months until he finally goes, I got to go do something. So I know he's not going to be like a complete stay at home dad for several <laughs> years. It's only going to last a couple of years. So he finds like, all right, I'm ready to do something. Yeah. yeah. At least, at least get it out of your system. Right. Chris, yeah. so at least you're yeah. a stay at home dad for like three yeah. months. Yeah. That was going to be my question. Like how long do you really think he's going to sit and marinate? <laughs> <Not long. laughs> well, probably October. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
yeah. assuming that myself. Yeah. Yeah. We have some friends that are like, I think it'd be great to go work at Home Depot. I'm like, do you though? That's, like, that, do that's, you? That's always by, by work there, don't you mean like run it and remanage the organization system yeah. and figure out a better schedule of things? Like, let's be real. You're never just going to go run the checkout. Nope. <laughs> that, that all ties in with the, uh, you know, trying to maintain a debt-free status. You know, mm. we've never bought the highest model of the top end car, you know, mm-hmm. when it came to toys, do, is it a need or a want, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we, That's you know, tough cause we like toys. <laughs> we, yeah, all do. Yeah, we, we still do. And then, but we've both honestly looked at each other and be like, do we really need that to both of us being like, well, I really want it. <laughs> you know? and, and then going in a frustrated sigh of fine. You know? <laughs> We've both done that to each other and just kind of held each other accountable, I guess, a bit to that point to go, okay, we don't need to spend the money on this particular thing right now. One specific example I can remember is uh, our 10 year anniversary. I was wanting to get some nice gold bands to wear on our right ring fingers. And, you know, so it was going to be a few hundred dollars. I can't <laughs> over over 500 for the both of us anyway. And she even goes, do we need those? Can we just, and, and I wanted to even surprise her with that. I was going to surprise Aww. her. With then we went and both got like tungsten carbide rings, you know, that were 20 bucks or something <laughs> like that. It's instead. just funny what you, 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 you look at each other and go, oh, do I really need to spend that? But then you justify it in other ways. Of, yeah, I really yeah, need to spend that. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I really wanted to do this. And then I was like, no, nah, you're right. I guess we don't really need, you know, actual gold rings that we're probably not going to wear much. You know, just, just a random example of things. But we've done that to each other many times over the years. And even if we had a car payment, we're like, all right, income tax return comes, we're paying it on this car. You know, just all those other things where we're just like, we don't want to have those monthly payments. And even coming into the new thing, the only, you know, payment we'll have is the house Mm -hmm. and our monthly bills to keep going. So, you know, we looked at, all right, my pension of 22 and a half years plus whatever disability comes out to, okay, we're good. We'll be able to afford the house, afford the bills and put food on the table. But the extras are going to be whatever, you know, for job and all that kind of stuff. So we know we can at least keep ourselves alive and in a comfortable state you know, <laughs> from here on out anyways. So that, and that was pretty much the goal that started, you know, five to seven years ago, maintain that we didn't do that and to be able to have like an emergency fund as well. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know, we're not Rockefeller retiring or anything like that, <laughs> but we're still, you know, we're still going to be like, okay, you know, if there's an emergency, we'll be okay for the most part and all that stuff. So. Yeah. And it has been a lot of give and take. It really has been. So, but it's, it's been good. And we've definitely learned to pass on those things that we don't actually need (laughs) and keep the things that we don't, yeah, don't actually need and keep the things we do need. So, yeah. Man, you know, I'm working in finance with my husband and we are not on the same page to the level that you guys are. So he'll just he'll cut. Sure. it's like so, i mean he, he does like kind gestures like he'll come home with like cookies or something i got your favorite cookies and i was like well you know i could have just had that money though like i could have bought the cookies myself <laughs> so little things like that or i mean he's all about like survival so he buys like all these survival things he's like hey there's this like outdoor stove that's like really light and if you just put like sticks in it it can create a little campfire and i'm like 
are we like in an apocalypse though? So anyway, we do have this in our house, by the way. And he's like, he's like only used it once. So we have this apocalyptic stove, outdoor stove that again. So I definitely feel like I can learn a lot <laughs> for me too. But also because I know that you both coming as a united front, there's a secret sauce behind it for both of you. And, and there's two things that I know we talked about offline. The first one is your faith. And then the second one is counseling. So tell us a little bit, and if there's any more, let us know, but tell us a little bit more about these secret sauces <laughs> of faith and your mental health that have really helped you both like continue to stay on the same page with each other. Yeah. No, well, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, <laughs> I wish I wish our listeners could see your faces. That was amazing. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. I mean, you, you, look, yeah. you speak to any military couple, you know, you go through so many different challenges with deployments, just training. And every time they come back, it's a whole nother relearning and readjusting yeah. to that person. So there's been a lot of times over the years where we've not been together and yeah. together physically or mentally, we've yeah. just not oh, meshed yeah. well. So we've needed help over the years. We tried marriage counseling before we got married. We tried marriage counseling shortly after we had. We've tried it a few times. A few times. In, in years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say it wasn't, it, it didn't help, but it, there were, sometimes I found it was when we did them separate, when mm. we had separate counseling yeah. to work on those specific things. Cause I'll just be honest. I had some anger issues I had carried he had some things that he needed to work on, especially after every deployment, there was always yeah. something that he just needed to tweak and work through. And then when we would have those separate counseling, then we would come together and have those discussions. And I mean, it's, it hasn't been, there's no foolproof. I mean, we don't have a specific, this has worked. We still find ourselves even, you know, weeks ago, you find ourselves going, wait, say that again. I know you didn't say, you didn't mean what you said, right? You know, like, so we're having to kind of reevaluate and go, before this turns Hold into- Hold on, what do you mean? Right, before this turns into an argument, wait, let me understand what you're trying to tell yeah. me. So we wow. still have to communicate. And that's taken a long time. Yeah. A long but time. I think- There's normally that snap to conclusion. Yeah. There, but loud. I think it's really important that we've had- to seek counseling and not be ashamed to say that, okay, I need this for me. You need this for you. Let's do this together. So we've been over the years, just trying to communicate. I'm not going to say that we, yeah, <laughs> there's times that we both yeah. want to be like, done. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think that's any marriage that will be honest with you and say, Oh, we've loved each other for, you know, nonstop the whole time. <laughs> Rainbows had, and sunshine. We've had challenges, <laughs> but no, the, yeah. I think the big thing I can definitely give just as an advice is, yeah, don't be ashamed to get that counseling because whether you do it together, whether you work on some things, I could even use it now with all the transitioning yeah. and craziness I'm going through. So it is helpful. I think the faith portion boils down to we're committed to each other regardless. And that would really boil up the faith portion of it right there. And the counseling mm. is a lot of humility to finally, or especially for me to finally just say, you know what? Okay. All right. All right. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have it together. I need some help. And then to say, you know, with the doctors going, maybe you should try some medication and me going like, okay, fine. I'll try some medication, you know, or, and all these other things that I didn't want to do because I thought, okay, I'm, I'm mentally strong. I have faith. I have all these things. Um, I can just mentally power through it. And that was wrong. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. And I never really had any, you know, shame with that at all, but I just figured, you know, like, no, no, I'm not like regular people or whatever, you know, I can, just, I can, I'm good to go, you know, but then come to find out, you know, 
I am just a guy and struggling <laughs> with things. So the counseling individually, I think, was better than any couples counseling that we did. Not that I'm opposed to it, but we talked about yesterday was a lot of times when we sat down for marriage counseling or couples counseling together, we could provide those right answers of we know what we're supposed to do. And they'd be like, oh, you guys are fine. You'll, mm. you'll be okay. You'll work through it and everything's fine. And that's how they would pretty much any of the few times we've done couples counseling would end up I'm like, oh, you guys are all right. You just, you know, you just need a little checkup, check engine lights on or whatever. And like, okay. And then we'd usually go have lunch after that, make fun of whoever the counselor was and be like, well, yeah. <laughs> They weren't they weren't experienced enough for you two. That's amazing. Yeah. Older people and things like that too, but it was just like, you know, we played the game, right? You know, and yep. then, got hey, it. Hey, you, you can shake your head all you want. You know, you know it's true. You guys you guys knew how to come as a united front. So yeah. I feel like you guys are like the army version of me and Matthew because this whole story, like we could tell as well. Like, yeah, you know, we have sat in many a couple's counseling office, and they've been like, "Wow, you guys really." I'm like, "Yeah, we know all the words. We've been in recovery for 14 years. We've done this couch thing 59 times. Like, we're gonna say all the right things. Nonetheless, we're going to get home, and shit is gonna hit the fan. Like, yeah." <laughs> We know what we're supposed to do, but then when we get alone, then, uh, you know, emotions get involved and then we don't do what we know what we're supposed to do. And then, you know, we're left with the aftermath and then it's like too late to help after that. So whatever, but not whatever, but you know, yeah, it, it's how it ends up working out a majority of the time. So. And I, yeah, I think like I the important say. part is like the fact that you didn't give up on counseling, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you cycled through different, you know, couples counselors and, and individual ones to be able to find what worked for you at that season of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And same for individually too, because mm-hmm. you can get some not so great individual counseling and then, you know, come to find out, you know, the latest one that I had, I thought was like, okay, this is going to be kind of lame. Then it was just like, very impactful for me to find out something in my history that I thought was kind of minimal was actually a really big deal Mm. in my mental capacity, I guess would be the best way to put it. So, you know, I would say for anybody, you know, don't dismiss it. If you're not going to dive into it, at least put both feet in pretty solidly and all that and and go with it. I just feel like you both are just laying everything out on the table for us, you know, to really peer into your relationship. And I just, I appreciate you both for that. I mean, you're all saying, you're saying all the right things, as you guys said, <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> it's all true. It really is. You know, it's just, uh, what good would we do if we just, you know, sat here and we're like, Oh, Hey, we're happy to be here today. Think, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, be smart with your money or, you know, something like that when it's just like, <laughs> You know, be raw, be honest, you know, people are going to learn from it because then, you know, like financially you hear people who get into real estate and sell a house after just only owning it for two years and make a bunch of profit and all that stuff. And, and I tell everybody, I'm like, you can do that, but here's the flip side of that coin. 15 years later, you know, the the financial mistakes we're talking about, you know, without diving into details and things. So, you know, there is another side of the story that people need to hear honestly and learn from too to at least to just be aware of a potential situation that they weren't thinking about yeah absolutely well i want to go ahead and you know wrap up here to talk about what the next 
five months and even three months are going to look like for you in post-military. Before we get into that, I want to make sure I read one ad (laughs) for our conversation today and uh, talk about actually a book written by my husband, Scott, called Veteran Wealth Secrets. Um, And so this book is a highly recommended book for veterans who are looking to create autonomy for themselves in post-military life. This book is for those who want to go from a place of limitations and feelings of apathy around those limitations to a place of career progression, uncapped income potential, and choice about how much time you work, how you work, where you work, and why you work. It is for those who want the choice to work for someone else to be a choice, not a compulsion in exchange for a paycheck. This book is for those who see and appreciate and want to participate in the modern times that we live in. You could actually download the first three chapters of this book today by visiting usvetwealth.com. That's U-S-V-E-T-W-E-A-L-T-H.com. Or you can check out the show notes of this episode to get the direct link to that page. So once again, the book is Veteran Wealth Secrets, written by the founder of US Vet Wealth, also my husband, Scott R. Tucker. All right. So once again, I want to wrap up by sharing with our listeners something to look forward to, and that's your post-military life. And like you mentioned, you both have prepared extensively for this. So paint that picture for us now. What is post-military life going to look like for you both? Well, in the next immediate couple months, we will be leaving the cold upper New York. (laughs) (laughs) We have some friends in the area of Huntsville, Alabama, where we've decided to settle. But I'm kind of looking at the upside of of the new adventure because we as a family, we definitely take on new adventures and we embrace them. And I think this next couple months, my girls will be going to a new school, but this time this is a school that they get to stay in. They'll start as fourth and seventh grade, but they'll get to continue with Mm -hmm. those friends and have them all the way through graduation. So I'm excited for them because being a military brat myself, I've always moved different middle schools and high schools. So for them, I'm excited that they'll get that longevity and that they can actually pick out a paint color in their new rooms, you know, know that that's going to be their room for several years down the road. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the possibilities of that future job, whether I'm able to find something remote immediately or maybe working once I get down to Huntsville. But that opportunity excites me because I get to reinvent, find something new, see what's out there. And then I'm looking forward to kind of having him home more. Yeah. It'll, It'll be an adjustment period for us as well because he's home. (laughs) Yeah. So that'll be interesting. And and that dynamic of how he will fit into the routine of what I originally was used to just kind of having him for segments at a time. I get to have him all the time and he's not necessarily dictated to a training schedule or to something else. He's really home. And then just uh, looking forward to really making those solid plans that if we want to go on vacation to see family, want to go on vacation for a break, we can, we can do those things. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting and just to kind of see what that life will look like in a new place uh, that we'll all discover because um, we have actually haven't been to Huntsville. He's been there a few times for some training. Yeah, I've been there one time for three days and then transitioned through driving right. and all that stuff. So. so learn a new place, a new house, and just settling in and making some new connections and friendships. So. Yeah. And from my understanding, you know, you both chose Huntsville, Alabama specifically because it's very retirement friendly. And so, Chris, tell us a little bit about that and, you know, kind of how you're looking forward to that support in post-military life. Yeah. So I finally relishing in the fact that, you know, when people ask me like, what are you going to do afterward? And I go, nothing. And they give me that (laughs) weird look on their face and I, I get to smile at that. And I'm like, my wife wants me to take time off and we've set up to be able to do that. And they're like, oh, uh, okay. You know, so 
So that I'm happy about that. It's amazing. I'm looking forward to the adventure of a new place rather than going back to Clarksville like we had originally planned. Yeah. So the other flip side to, you know, what do you want to do when you get out is my common answer as well is something that matters. I don't mm. feel like I've done anything that really truly in matters in a long time. And that's, wow. uh, you know, for being in the army, for being in aviation and to, to deploy so many times, you know, I felt like deployed in an aviation, really a taxi driver for all those deployments. And, but for my infantry deployments in Iraq, you know, they were challenging, difficult, i.e. sucked, <laughs> you know, for all those times too. But I felt like we were doing something that mattered uh, yeah. the missions and operations we were doing on all three deployments, you know, so I just, I want to do something that matters again. And I'm just glad that I will be able to have the time to sit back and figure out what that is. So that's the biggest thing where, yeah, I'll take some time off and all that stuff. And it, it won't be very long. I know that, <laughs> but I'll be at least be able to sit back and go like, okay, does working at Home Depot matter? You know, <laughs> or does, yeah. or does, you know, delivering pizzas matter? You know, whatever. Obviously not. Well, I mean, it could be fun, but still, but to find, or even to just volunteer some time and be like, Hey, this is really good. I like this. Even if I'm volunteering, this could be good because it matters, you know, whatever. It yeah. So, so that's, that's what I want to do on my part of the whole retiring process and moving forward from there. Something that just matters and to be around for my family, you know, if girls need to be picked up from school or something, I'm around to be able to do that. <laughs> Not there like well, maybe I can do it. Like, no, I got it. No problem. You know? So that's very inspiring, Chris. And I appreciate you sharing that, wanting to have that sense of purpose in post-military life. And I think that, you know, that's something that we hope for our veterans and even spouses to experience in post-military life because you deserved it, you know? Yeah. Jenny Lynn, does this make you hopeful for your, <laughs> I don't know when, but your, you know, gonna, future post-military life? For the hopeful for transition people and go, yes, the answer we're looking for is I can pick them up. I will be there that next time yeah. for sure, yeah. for certain. You will not have to track me on my iPhone to make sure I'm going to make it there. I will actually show up and pick them up. <laughs> Everyone is looking forward to that in post-military yeah, life. <laughs> Love it. Well, I mean, Genevieve and Chris, I feel like we covered everything. Any closing thoughts before we go from either of you? No, just... um know that you've got support <laughs> yeah. in all of my talk and, and telling my friends that I am retiring. There are some that are like Jenny Lynn, where they're looking at it kind of five years out going, we're not ready yet. And then I've got some on the other end that are going, come join us. It's been fine. You know, so <laughs> I, it's, it's a nice kind of when you're in that transition and you really start to feel overwhelmed, there's so many resources out there. There's yeah. a lot of things, yeah. a lot of help and dive on in. So yeah. yeah. And I know, I know for you, Genevieve, you have some resources you wanted to share with us. So I want to let our listeners know that for anything that you do share, we'll provide it in the show notes. Right. Yeah. So I think one of the, the great things about, you know, us military spouses, we were also been given the chance to have a lot of these resources, not only for the service member that's transitioning, but, you know, us military spouses, we're transitioning mm -hmm. as well. So I have been using the, the military one source uh, coaches. So my mm -hmm. psycho you can contact them, get a coach, and they'll help you with everything from resume writing to just transitioning, getting back into school if you wanted to. I've been using the USO Transition Program. 
It's an military life a cohort immersion program that I'm currently in. They're great with resource partners. I've been able to work with Jen. I've been able to work with a couple of the others, just some of those things and interests that you have if you want to jump in and, and get that. But yeah, I have so many resources I can just hand over to friends when they're going, okay, I'm ready to start working again. Same kind of yeah position I'm in. And then I go, I've got great resources for that. I can share that with you. So yeah. Wonderful. Wow. This has been a very fulfilling conversation for me. I'm sure for Jenny Lynn as well. So thank you, Genevieve and Chris for joining us. If people do want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? I have a LinkedIn is, you know, of course, Genevieve Kruger. I've been making connections that way or of course on my Facebook page. Yeah. And I apologize, Chris, I didn't ask for your closing thoughts. So any closing thoughts and how can people find you if you want to be reached? Yeah. Uh, like Jenny said, there's a lot of resources available, but there's people, you know, people to just talk to and ask, you know, same thing. I got a, I got two guys that I'm working with right now that are about both right at 18 months behind me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, hey, this and that and whatever, you know, information like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, you know, just telling them like, hey, you need to go do these classes and these things now, you know, rather than later to get them done. And then you can revisit the ones that you want to do again and all that stuff. And they didn't know how the BA disability math worked and, you know, that they should start lining those things up now and all that stuff, too. So, you know, there's just even other service members out there, buddies with information, you know, that you may not have and just, you know, I'm willing to share it with anybody and just be like, Hey, here's what you need to do. Love it. You know, some people just don't even bother asking or don't bother even saying anything. So, and I've, you know, for the last three years, you know, retirement focused stuff has been on my mind and discussion anyway. So if anyone's talking about something, you know, I'm listening. So, you know, just, just talk and ask is the biggest one. So and then, if it, yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of us, I'll just, you know, answer questions from my wife's <laughs> in, in email. Genevieve's the point of contact here, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just easier that way. I mean, that's very indicative of military life. Never, <laughs> ever put the active duty service member as the point yeah. of contact. Pro tip from a transitioning out family. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's um, that way. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you both. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And of course, if you want any resources or a way to get a hold of Genevieve and Chris, we'll have that in the show notes for you. So with that being said, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope you got a lot out of today's conversation and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks again for joining us at Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Once again, I am your co-host, Jen Amos. And I'm Jenny Lynn Stroop. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you've gotten a lot out of our conversation today, be sure to leave us a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Or you can leave us a kind LinkedIn recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Learn more about Holding Down the Fort by visiting holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And there you'll also be able to find us on social media and how to contact us directly. Thank you all so much for joining us. Until next time. Bye.